Hello, hello. How are we doing, everyone? Welcome to the I've Never Said This Out Loud podcast with me, Helen Scott, and to episode two in the house. Wow. Goodness me. Episode two already. Um, Super exciting. If you don't know who I am and you're just tuning in, it's lovely to meet you. I am your lesbian big sister slash best friend in one and here to just put a big juicy smile on your face today. Now, in each episode, I'm going to be sitting down with a special guest to have a good old fashioned chin wag, which is just up my street and to get some things off of our chest to get into good old you know depots maybe it's going to be super fun episode I'm so excited I'm going to jump right in um, and tell you who my guest is this week it is the beautiful Imogen Ivy Ivy is a Imogen Ivy in fact is a plus size model content creator originally from Australia and we've stolen her here in the UK. (laughs) She is a bundle of sunshine here in the studio. Welcome darling. Hello thank you so much. What an intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) Only what you deserve babes. Oh golly goo. I feel nice and shiny right now. Babes you look it. You you did bring the sunshine with the outfit. If you're you're not watching which you can on YouTube and and TikTok and things um, it's a gorgeous, limey, green... Co-ord. Co-ord. But like the tartars are out. I'm oh. wearing an Ula lingerie bra. Ooh. The girlies are in. It's in a trouser. I think you call them trousers here. Yeah, trousers. Why? What do you call them? Pants. Oh, pants. But I think that's what you call undies. Yeah, we do. underwear. <laughs> yeah. An easy mistake. <laughs> Particularly, I personally refer to pants as like a man's pant. And oh. it would be like a sort of Y-front, do you know? Like the little like sort of like knickery type oh, yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pants oh, to me. Which, you know, each to their own. Each to their own, dolls. <laughs> so how are you? Welcome, welcome. It's I'm, wonderful to have you. Look, I'm feeling fabulous. It is Thursday. I'm feeling quite delicious actually today. I got my hair done this week, so I've got that like extra, you know, ego. Like, oh, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm like strutting down the street. Yes. I'm not just walking. I'm there's a bit of hip action. So that's it. my energy. You've and got, I'm like, so the... glad to be here. Thank you. No, I appreciate you giving me your time because no. we would. I was just about to say to you before we started recording. I like I'm going to wait until we turn the mics on to fangirl <laughs> um, because the first the first time I came across your content was a video of you dancing in your pants, which I know. Mm for you is like you know was, was that in um, period pants in the, on the tube which I, there's a few to be fair <laughs> which one was it no but yeah. I wish it was that one no it was you um, it was you just like just being amazing and like oh, beautiful you. in your own skin and just dancing around in your pants and I thought yeah we'll, we could <laughs> we could be mates for sure oh 100% we already are and, um, well, and I've so, been fangirling back to you like on the on the low on the low oh, what's that, what's that? on the low on the rate on the oh download there we go she got there eventually um, oh yeah hundred percent and when you followed me I was like oh follow back yeah. and I love everything you're doing it's it's incredible and it's powerful so oh, I thank love you, you for having me I freaking love like just a good a good woman loving woman mm. like girl bossing kind of like relationship that you can weirdly like make on like how incredible that you could just do this on your phone nowadays it's it's like I know there's a lot of cons to social media but like there's actually so many pros obviously it's my job it's you know part of your job I gather to an extent too um but when you meet fellow empowerment girlies oh yeah. It's hard. It's it hard, hard, hard. And it feels like I've got friends in LA, but it's like I probably, I actually haven't met them, but I talk to them because we're in the same kind of world, doing the same kind of industry, just on the like, you know, other side of the world. But yeah, yeah I don't think many industries you've got that because you are literally, my social media is myself on a platter. 
And like, you don't do that on LinkedIn, babes. You <laughs> might get reported. <laughs> you ain't doing that in yeah. the office. No, no, no. no. You're, not, <laughs> you're not talking about your sex life at the office. <laughs> Let's hope not at least. <laughs> it's funny because I come from a like dance background. Mm. I went to a, a musical theatre college. Oh, and I went when I was like super young. I was 16. Yeah. And I can't wait to delve into your early life because there's so much to unpack. Um, <laughs> Plenty. But, um, but the reason I even bring that up is because being in that situation at dance college, I was surrounded by, you know, maybe 250 other girls. Yep. Um, and I call us girls because I was 16. And mm. I, I mean, I was the youngest in, in my years. So I was technically the youngest in the college at one point. And fuck me, it's like <laughs> dog eat dog. There was, you know, there were friendships, but you were just on constant high alert because you're all competing. Babe, I you went know? to law school at uh, some point in my high school and I was like, Pfft. You get it. <laughs> this shit, wild. <laughs> it is wild. Clicky, um, competitive, he said, she said, bleach, like, and what, yeah. No, no. Yes, yeah, so you I get it. In a dance sense, my sister was a professional ballerina. Right. So I know, like, the, well, obviously the competitiveness and whoever gets front row, it's, like, devilized to the back. Yeah. Like, and then also... In terms of body image as well. Yeah. Massive oh my goodness. And hard. So many, so yeah. many like. So many elements at your once. Yeah, exactly. So it's beautiful to kind of come, especially I think in my 30s, you know, uh, 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 early 30s, <laughs> um, to have these relationships, to finally, I think for me, mm. it's wonderful to have relationships with people that I don't even fucking, I've never even met you, but it's like there's a level. We're on a level. There's, there's a quality love. over quantity. And I've even. I'm 25, but I've this year especially going, okay, I've got fluffy friends and then I have core friends. Yeah. And actually just like, I never would have thought of it like that, but then seeing them as two totally different things and spending actually core, like more time with my core friends, but actually, you know, hanging out with my fluffies to an extent, but knowing who to go to for what kind of incidents or who to hang out with on the weekends and where to put my energy and time, because at this age, energy and time is money and all these things. So Exactly, exactly. And, and draining, like fluffies can be draining. For sure. And I need my cause to, yeah. you know. Yeah, need to bring calls. me, you know, cause are also friends you don't even need to talk to every day. Yes, a hundred percent. I love that because my friends know, like, you know, I'm not the texter. Oh, I'm not, not going to be instigating. Oh, I hate liberty. My manager's going like, uh huh, <laughs> uh huh. But if you need me, I'm there for you. I'm yeah, there. Yeah. I, I will bring you this, this, Physically, this. What I'm do you there. need? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um. Just just going back to that, because you've been to an all-girls school, and I don't think I've ever said this out loud, oh. but I, you know, talking about, you know, being a positive, you know, p empowering person, I have to admit, I was a bitch at dance college. Really? Not, not yeah. in the way that you would expect. Mm -hmm. I was on the defensive. Yeah, yeah. You I were was young. I was, I was so fucking scared yep. of these people I was so scared of the environment yep. I just went walls are down I love that you've just like you've said that you've owned that and you've also done the learning of that that's hot because a lot of people don't <laughs> and, they're, <laughs> and they're grumpy old grumpy people yeah. no that's cool yeah but I I'm fairly so with all those that environment like surprised you didn't turn out anything else but <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm glad I found yeah. a way out of that for myself I, I bumped into someone from college the other day and it like 16 year old me I, I like cringe because I thought yeah. I want because I'm like hi how are you god it's so great to see you. and he's probably thinking who the fuck are you <laughs> you weren't like this at college do you know what I mean yeah 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 but um but it's important so I think ref I I you know I identify don't regret. I yeah. And yeah, don't regret. Oh, baby, chapter me from like a few years ago. I don't know her, but I have to know her and I have to give nod to her. Yeah. Kind and, of and thing. respect. Yeah, respect yeah. I give nod from. to her. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all on a journey. We're all on a path. 
Yeah. So let's go back to you then, okay. young, young, young Immy. Um, because there's so much that you have done, <laughs> so many places you've been. Give us um, sort of an overview of baby mm. Imogen. Baby Immy. Um, diva. Little diva in my own little world. Like the world is my stage. Um, I was a plus size kid. Um, so I had this big belly. My parents and my siblings are very, my father's plus size, but my mother and my sisters um, are all very petite. So we'd all get in these little bikinis in Australia. I live in like a small surf town in Australia. So there's not much going on. With these little bikinis, I had this big pot belly. My parents didn't give a shit, and I'd literally dance everywhere I went. I remember coming to London when I was really young, and the tubes I used to like strip on the poles, like young, and do a performance <laughs> to everyone on the central line. And my parents were like, what? Like I literally would perform constantly, very confident. And I was that until about seventeen, and we'll, I, I can tap into that if you want body dysmorphia. That kind of kicked in. But yeah, really confident, happy, um, hated conflict. So my parents are really against conflict, even fighting with my siblings. So it always was shut down to not talk about it. So in terms of school, I I, I was, yeah, very liked because I just, I didn't make arguments or issues. If there was, I would walk away. Like, you know, girls can be, I went to a co-ed primary school. One of my my close girlfriends, I'm actually still very close to her. She lives in London now. She 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 was a bit. She had some enemies, and I was like the fat, funny Switzerland friend. Like I was the neutralizer. Yeah. Um, and did but yeah, you, did, were you happy? Being very happy kid. The, the the fat, funny neutralizer yeah. friend. Were you were comfortable in well, that? Vein? I never saw myself as like fat being a negative because I wasn't told it was a negative. Like I wasn't aware of it. I like I could understand when my girlfriends, you know, talking in primary school, would come over and they wouldn't fit my swimmers, so they would go to my like sister's swimmers box. Like there was, I knew I didn't look like people my age, um, but. You know, my parents never not fed me and like, you know, I used to sneak sausages under my pillow. And I remember I got Fair. in trouble for that. Mum was like, there's sausages under the pillow. I was like, I didn't mean no snack, mummy. I like um, the snacks. Yeah, like really was just walking to the own, beat my own drum. Is that a quote? It is yeah, a quote it now. Is. It yeah. 100% is. You know what I mean? Like I was genuinely just a happy go lucky kid. I never cried. They called me easy, Emmy. Yeah, it was super... But my siblings were, I think, yeah, a bit more emotional. They're older. I'm the baby, so yeah. Um, the next one is three years older, and the next one, so and the next one, the eldest is like six years. Yeah, so yeah, I was the baby, and by that time, my parents couldn't probably yeah. If I was causing issues, like they couldn't even give that attention and time to me. No. Yeah. Why do you? Where does the where does the confidence and the just life and passion, where does that come from? Because, you know, I, I, there's, I think there's a there's part that's like nurture, right? Yeah, so yeah. loving parents, you know, giving you space to be who you are. Yeah. But you mentioned there that your parents are like, oh my God, like she's dancing yeah. and performing all the time. Is it just so in your bones? My auntie was a supermodel, is like, you know, still in that world. So she, she they, they always direct line to her. Like she was quite out there, progressive for her time, like, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, flew to London from Australia and, you know, broke barriers and was just like like that. And then my and my grandmother, so that's my dad's side, and my mother's side was a very well-known actress. Right. So they kind of always drew links like, oh, you're just like, you know, not like that. But they just, yeah, they just let it roll. My parents are professional sailors, so they're not in the entertainment business or anything like that. They were just like, if my kid's happy, sick. Yeah. And they, they have different ways of t- um, parenting in, in general. So... Yeah, if their kid's happy, they're happy. That's it didn't no matter what it looked like. Yeah, it you know. sounds like it's in the blood. You know, mm. a bit of bit of showbiz, a, a bit of yeah, bit of pizzazz. Yeah, 
Sounds yeah. like that was, you know. Not from my direct parents. I'm no. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, my auntie and my grandmother, yeah, were yeah. in the industry for sure. And you were doing super creative things from Quite a very young, young age, mm-hmm. weren't you? Because well, that was pushed from my mom, I think, a bit. So my mother is like in, into art. She she loves large scale art. So she, my, as I mentioned earlier, my older sister was a professional ballerina. So obviously, dance concerts they need background backdrops. So my mom had a factory and would make life 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 size so uh, sorry life size mushrooms. And like, so I'd come home from school and there'd be like paint everywhere and like she was just always being very whimsical um we'd have paint fights in the backyard when I got home from school our whole house if you ever went if you still go to our family home there's paint everywhere like my parents on the driveway everything there was just expression even right now if you go to my family home there's like glass windows everywhere and I've painted nudes on them and my mum never got rid of them like she just was always pushing of like play with your hands and being creative and that's because she did it as does it as a hobby i mean you say you know your parents are sailors they're not Mm. particularly in that world but they sound like they are full of art and you know so because i am creative i always thought oh it's my mum because she's the wacky adhd hyperactive like she does not shush um (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like oh i got it from my mum um because as a hobby it's art and she would just you know muck around with paint but actually my dad designs boats Right. So he, yeah. So not until I got very technical kind yeah, of creation. He, so isn't my dad's it? like on the more autism spectrum. So he can only really talk about three topics, which are boats, bikes, and cars. <laughs> so <laughs> it they, sounds like they're men, uh, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's incredible genius when it comes to boat building, innovation, drawing. You know, even comes to properties and and basically terms of plans and I was like well actually the older I got I was like I'm actually way more like my dad yeah but obviously when you're growing up and you see your mother you know big colorful dresses walking around like splashing paint everywhere like oh I'm like you yeah <laughs> no I'm actually kind of like my dad a lot more it's funny mm. isn't it I think and honestly the older you get the mm. more you'll sort of start to go oh yeah I do this my my girlfriend at the moment I'm you know we've been together for just over a year mm. and I'm spending more and more time with her parents yeah and fuck me <laughs> this girl Woo! is like her dad yeah. on a plate I'm mm-hmm. like Oh my god! And yeah, even like, mannerisms. Yes. Yeah. And just, just even like her thought process is like she's talking about the shed to me in the way that the her shed, dad, the, the garage, sh- the garden shed, okay. like a wooden garden <laughs> I shed. I thought we were going elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, we can go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how much time? How much time we got? Yeah, but she's like talking to me about garden sheds and things, and I'm mm. like. Yeah, you're, you're, you're your dad, mate. Yeah. You are your dad to a T. But as you get older, I think you really start to become one mm. or the other, I think. Mm-hmm. but um, Or recognise traits. Yeah, yeah. traits, for sure. Because you've got that like emotional maturity kind yeah. of thing. And you're like open to like, oh, I actually am really stubborn like my father. Like things you don't want to admit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but unfortunately we yeah. are, yeah. So tell me a little bit about, because I, I've read that you made documentaries right Mm -hmm. you filmed things yeah you then moved into art and painting Mm -hmm. particularly nudes yeah like where and how and what I grew up pretty quick so yes grew up in you know little smurf uh, sorry little small surf town that's hard to say quick yes little small surf town give give us a break (laughs) take five um a little small 
surf town. There we go. Um, so it's a little peninsula. So one side is flat water and the other side is waves. So my parents, we grew up on like the flat water where my parents sailed and then like literally a 10 minute walk is ocean. So you kind of know everyone in town. That was the vibe. And then, so my parents are professional sailors and they, um, my dad is a regatta director of Sail GP at America's Cup. If you know anything about sailing, you'll know that's like, it's like Formula One of sailing. So it's not like dinghy and beers. It's like high intensity, like sadly people die. It's very intense. Sailing, the boat's hydrofoil. Anyway, so my dad was always away growing up, like when I was younger. And my mom and my older sisters sisters had grown up and gone through high school. And my mom, I was in year eight or nine. So I would have been, because your schooling here is different, I would have been hmm, 14. 14, yeah. Mom that's, was about, like, that's the same. Yeah, mm. I was like, mum was like, I'm going to pull you out of school and, we're, and I'm going to homeschool you for the next year and a half because I want you to see what your father does for a living. Wow. And I like obviously knew he sailed. I obviously knew he did these regattas. And I'm so thankful she did that. So she pulled me out of school. I was homeschooled. I lived in Europe. I lived in Italy. I lived in America. I lived in San Francisco for a while. And I worked and I watched my father run these massive events and I had no idea of the scale of it and how much respect. Like I knew my dad was, I always gave my dad respect, but it was a whole different level. Like sailing, it's like the gay community. If you're in, you're in. Like it's like, yeah, Yeah. it's very cool. And I didn't know, like I obviously knew about sailing, but I was like, okay, my dad's actually extremely talented and highly respected in this world. I'm so glad my mother saw that before I grew to, not grew to not like him or anything because he never wasn't really around. So my mum caught it quick. Yeah. Young, you could have. You could have easily. Yeah, but I hadn't even thought about that yet. Like I was pre-puberty, babes. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people, mm. you know, maybe some people listening might think, oh, you know, pulling pulling a child yeah. of like sort of those formative teenagers, mm-hmm. pulling a child like at that age out yeah. of school. Best like thing you they need, ever did. And, and I'm sure people would go, well, no, you needed your peers. You needed your teenage yeah. friends to understand the world and to no. develop. But you think absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely life-changing for me. And I wanted to do it. I was like, sorry, one second. Mm. Okay. Um, I was ready to do it. Like I was so excited. So yeah, when I was in America for a stint, I worked for the America's Cup broadcast, which okay. is a feat. So I was basically there. Oh, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I was 15 and I was at a pub in America. Yeah. Uh, like think about it. I live in adult world now, right? Yeah. And uh, my fr- the stories like my mom get, got me a fake ID at 15 because um, I grew up in a nudist household, which we'll get into. And I wanted to do life drawing at the pub in Australia. And so I wasn't even there to drink, but I would, you know, at this point I'm living in adult life. So yeah, <laughs> my mom got me a fake ID so I could literally go to the pub and draw nudes <laughs> after school, bless her. Um, Sorry, so your mum sounding cooler oh, and cooler. she's so badass. <laughs> like she's dope. Um, anyway, so for instance, me at a pub, 15 in America, not that different because I'm around adult people all the time at this point. And anyway, this man, this Welsh man came up to me. I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm here for the event. I'm here for the s- summer. Ooh, yeah, at that point. Um, and he's like, oh, what do you want to do in life? What do you want to do? Like, he was quite, quite drunk, um, as the Welsh do. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to get into basically the, my one of my best friends at home in Australia at the time, who I had a crush on, bless, um, was a photographer. And he was very good at it. And I was like, well, I can't do photography because he does it. So I'll do videography. So I'm telling this Welsh drunk man next to me in a pub in the middle of San Francisco, oh, I want to be a videographer. Never done it. Never done it before. And I told him that. I was like, never done it before. But I want to be a videographer. Like, fuck knows. Um, (laughs) And I want to do cinematography. Like, I I obviously like the aesthetic of photography, but more moving image. Like, I was uh, aware of it, but I'd never really done it. And then he turns around and goes, well, I'm actually the head cameraman of the broadcast here. Come be my assistant for the summer. 
Wow. And he was drunk as a skunk. And I was like, yep, great. See you tomorrow. And he gave me a time and place to come. So I was like, brilliant. Went home. Super keen. Like I wasn't drinking at the bar, but I was just chilling. No, there. you were you were chilling. Like with like some friends. Like I wasn't like a rebellious like at that. Um he wants to go home, go, Mom, I'm gonna to work tomorrow. She was like, School? I'm like, no. And my mom didn't give a shit at this point. Um because also I was at a, a progress, like a private academic school before getting homeschooled. So when I was homeschooled, I went back into the public system. Right. Um, so everything I was learning, I'd already learned You'd the already year before. Done. So it was really easy in terms of school. Fantastic. But when I returned to normal school, whew, uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I just had to drop a few levels um, in terms of like, and anyway. Anyway, so then I go home and I go to the um, where he said to meet the next day. Yeah. And he doesn't remember who I am. Oh, great. And he was like, I'm like, I'm the girl from last night. And he goes, like, he's a father. And he was like, sorry? <laughs> um, no. Um, and he goes, okay, pick up my bag. So I did. And then, you know, I was hired the next day. Wow. Like we just, and he taught me the ropes. Um, and that was the most influential. I worked there for like eight months. Incredible. And I worked from being an assistant to being in a helicopter shooting live footage and I went to live editing like they put me in the deep end and I grew and I remember people in the, it was like 20 of us who worked at this compound and no I did my age so it came to my birthday and the editor this big Maldi man um you know he I sat next to him most days and he found out I was 16 he was like what <laughs> yeah what? <laughs> That's illegal. I was like, shh. Yeah, shush. We won't tell anyone. Um, but anyway, at the end of that, they gifted me all this camera gear. Wow. But I was so inspired at this point. Anyway, returned to normal high school. was like, why is everyone talking about box caps and boyfriends? Like, fuck that. Yeah. I want a career. And I had all this camera gear. So I started making documentaries. And because I've had such a unique experience, yeah, I, I think I had a good perspective and I was just ballsy. Um, so the first one I made was called Naked. And it wasn't anything to do about nudity, funnily enough. <laughs> but it was about that I had gone away for a while and I left this small town and come back and I realised how beautiful my hometown was because I didn't actually want to come home at that no, point. No, I could imagine yeah. after all of these well, amazing experiences. I had so many adult experiences, yeah. yeah. And then I came home. So, yeah, and I literally recorded my best mates around town. Like, yeah, it's still a cute film, to be fair. Um, I want to see it. I want to see it. Where can we see it? No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> That's off grid. Um, and, yeah, look, I taught myself to edit everything. Well, I, I've been learning live editing, but live editing in TV, if you've ever done it, is obviously different to, like, Premiere Pro. Yeah. Avid editing. Um, yeah, and then I joined a film mentor class at the school I was back at. And I met this woman called Georgia White. She changed my world. She's like the coolest filmmaker, producer, writer in Australia. Um, and her dad's like high up in the film industry in Australia. I didn't know that at the time. And she was like, enter these into film competitions. And thank golly, I listened to her. And she really helped me, navigated me in terms of like script writing. Because like I knew how to edit-ish at that point. I knew how to capture um, videography pretty well. But like creating a story and like all that stuff so she is a pivotal person to me her and the welshman george john's pivotal people to this part of my life Incredible. um so yeah made naked and it did really well and um on the circuit and i was like hmm, okay let's make another one <laughs> this is fun <laughs> at this point i'm 16 i'm really hating school so but i'm doing well in film i'm like fuck this get me out of here so i start working on the weekends making a lot of money like in a cafe i'm like and my parents like hmm, she's making a lot of money like what is she gonna do? What's, what's gonna happen? <laughs> I base, here? And then I fuck off and I run away and, and I get on a flight to the UK and go backpacking around UK what? by myself. That's my next documentary. 
Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, so oh, you so were like the next idea is the yeah, UK. Yeah, and I didn't tell anyone, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck off and go to the UK for as long as I can. Yeah, as and long make as you not it. Yeah, and make a documentary <laughs> about it. And when my parents found out, they were like, "Well, we actually trained you to do this. Like, we put you on a flight at 12 years old, young, yeah. by yourself. Like, you're gonna be safe." Um, so yeah, that was my next documentary. Incredible. And for me, that doco. You know, I'm 16. I still hadn't hit puberty. I hit puberty 18, which is quite late. So my yeah. hormones were sort of like, <laughs> um, and yeah, and that one was more kind of sad. It was like you can't run from yourself. Like I went on that trip to find myself, and like the whole thing about that documentary was like, you got to just sit with yourself and look yourself in the eye, you know. Yeah. But it was quite progressive for a 16 year old, I think, to make. Um, babe, <laughs> progressive, progressive is an understatement. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I can't imagine. I think back to me at 16. Mm. Yeah, like I was just entering dance college. I was trying to navigate yeah. social situations. Still, do you yeah. know what I mean? No, I was, I was like, ex- you were extremely ballsy. You were walking around Camden with the. Yeah. Yeah. With a camera. I was. I was. Brick Lane. I went to Bath. I went to Wales. I went all over. And I, I visited some people I'd worked with in San Francisco. Like, babes, I was on a roll. Um, and the only reason I came back is because my school found out. Because my parents had to cover for me at that point. They Once they found out, they were like, oh, she's on a trip. And they're like, well, it's illegal. She's not at school. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so then I, they were like, well, we're going to have to um, expel you. Right. Unless you get on a flight. Okay. Because then I had to book a quickie flight home. Yeah. I better um, hop back to yeah, Australia. And, and then I got in so much trouble. And then, you know, and then the film came out that I made and it did well internationally, like in LA and stuff, in, in adult film categories. And the school, like, loves me. Of course. I'm on top of, like, the, the, the <laughs> bulletin board and, like, want me, they want me to, like, um, premiere it and like, of course. you bitches. <laughs> yeah. Y'all didn't want me to come back. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. And so, I mean, like I say, I think most people listening would, would be thinking back to themselves at age 16 mm. and thinking, I mean, I, I just can't imagine having all of those experiences mm. and thoughts and feelings and, and just guts. Still and not having my period. Like I'm still not bled until I'm like I was, I I didn't look pubescent at all. I had titties and had pubes (laughs) and stuff like that, but I wasn't like, you know, when I think back and I'm like, God, it was a bit nuts. But yeah, yeah, I was just, if you meet my father, you know, I'm built different. Yeah. 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 And I'm so blessed to have parents that didn't see it ever as a negative. No. And they were like, let's nurture, let's nurture. Yeah. That's My siblings are the same. They're different in their own rights and, and, and fantastic in my opinion. But again, they just like nurture that. And that's because, yeah. Yeah, they are who yeah. they are. And they gave you the space to just be yeah. yourself. I mean, isn't that just, mm. I think that's just so fucking important, isn't yeah. it? I mean, this is wild. I feel like you've got a film of your life already <laughs> and you'd only like just hit 16. I feel like there's, yeah. that's that's a, a film in itself. Mm. But then you went into, like you say, I nude went to photography. Uni. Yeah, yeah. So then I went to uni. So I got into afters, Australian film, television, radio school. Um, I got in when I was 16, which no one had ever done. Um, but I was, I kind of not regret this, but I was like, I want to be a normal kid and finish high school. So I finished high school and then I went to uni um, and it was incredible. Afters was brilliant. I went in there to be a cinematographer. Yeah. When I got there, they were like, no, you're a director. And I was <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> yes, you are. which to be fair, I, I, when you make your own films at that young, you do everything. Mm-hmm. You, you're the sound, you're the edit, you're the, you know, on camera, you're directing, you're the vision, yeah. you're pitching it. Uh, you're selling it, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I kind of get it. Um, <laughs> but I learned a lot. So anyway, with in mind of doing cinematography, if you don't know what cinematography is, it's the aesthetic, artistic approach of videography. Mm-hmm. It's like photography is... Anyway, 
So I went in there and I was like, oh, cinematography is timely. Obviously, you've got yeah. corn and you got to do that. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, what would be so quick is photography. Um, no, it's not. But anyway, I was <laughs> like, okay, let's play with photography. What, what would I experiment with? Like, I don't want to do a whole documentary in still image. And I was like, oh, well, I grew up in a nudist household. And I, I'm at this point, I've had sex. And I noticed that my body is innately sexual and the world deems my body sexual. And mm-hmm. I never had that growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I would go to skinny dipping with my friends growing up. And then at one point, one of them got aroused. And I was like, but that doesn't make sense. Like, why are you like, you know, I didn't understand that. Because again, yeah. obviously my puberty hit in later. But my body was always just my body and my limbs. I never watched porn. How would I have, you know, and grown up with so much nudity. Yeah. How would I, how would I have known? Yeah. You know, when the first time I went to have sex, um, he got, you know, aroused hard and I was like, oh, I don't have to work for it. How sad is that? That's so sad. But how would I have not known that? Because yeah. I, I, I don't know, surely I have to do something for, no, my body is innately sexual. Mm-hmm. So for me, when it came to like, let's find a subject matter, I was like, well, I let's do nudity the way I saw nudity growing up, freedom, and I still do it, freedom and fun and, you know, part of myself. And so it was non-sexualized nude photography. And I just started shooting some of my friends and stuff like that and I posted it to Instagram and then strangers reached out and was like, can you shoot me? Can you shoot me? And I, and I was literally doing it for like 20 bucks. I was like, yeah, sure. Like for me, it was fun. Yeah. And then a lot of people wanted to be photographed and it was people I didn't know, it was lawyers. It was, you know, it was nurses, the people, and then couples and stuff like that. It was the array of people. And I still sometimes get a DM, like, are you still doing it? I'm like, sadly, I'm not. Um, But yeah, it was so cool. And and then I would sell and I would exhibit. So then I just got out of hand. I started exhibiting. And on the side, I did, um, like, end of high school, I did paintings and stuff like that. But photography is, like, what I would say I was probably better at. Yeah. Um, And I I just really enjoyed it. And it was, I could tell it was making an impact. Yeah. And, and then I'm, my Instagram account got deleted after like a few years of doing it. Oh, of course. Yeah, um, and I never got it back. Good, don't they? Yeah, and that and that cut everything from me. Yeah, I can and imagine. Then, and then when I start decided to come back to Instagram, like it, that really broke my heart because I'd worked for years on this nude photography thing at this point because I knew it had momentum. Yeah, and then your business goes like that overnight heartbreaking oh heartbreaking and then and then it, like you know there was press about I was about to go on a, on a national tour around Australia to do it I had to cancel the tour I couldn't contact people obviously That's crazy. yeah so the news picked it up in Australia um and I just want to touch on because yeah. you you know you're talking about go back to you talking about um how you know you didn't view your body mm. sex, as a sexualized thing Why would I have? and it's weird because I grew up in a not a, a nude household, yeah. but very much like you know my parents didn't call you know vaginas and penises like peepees and nunnies and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I I remember realizing really young that my friends were really weird about their bodies, and mm. I just didn't understand it. And I was having a conversation with a friend at school, and she was talking about I think we must have been like fifteen or something, and she was talking about seeing a penis for the first time. And I was like, oh, my brother's got a massive dick. <laughs> And I love she that. was, but she was like, "That's disgusting." She's like, "How do you even know what your brother's dick mm. looks like?" And I was like, "Because, because it's yeah. it's, it's a body. Yeah. Like it's not like he goes into the bathroom. He'll just he won't shut the door and he'll just stand and have a wee. And sometimes you just see it, don't yeah. you?" Yeah, literally. And I couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what like, the whole deal was. Yeah. So, so when I used to tell people, like I remember the first time I found out it wasn't like common. I was probably like 13, 14. I was at some of my friend's house in Australia and there was like some boys there and they're great friends of mine. And I was trying to tell them a funny story my mum told me in the bath. And I said that my mum told me this story in the bath. And they would start laughing and they're like, you bath with your mum? And that's when the ball dropped here. And I was like, you guys don't bathe with your siblings? Yeah. They're like, no. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, my parents you. aren't hippie, just to point out. Like, no. a lot of people always think like, oh, they must be like quite hippie or, no, you just, know. No, just out. liberal. No, they, they had a co- – I've had conversations with them about it. They, before I was born, um, wanted – before they knew the genders of their children – and one of three girls, um, they wanted to have open communication, mm-hmm. um, and even if it came down to body. And actually starting with the body. Also, we grew up in a hot Australia. Like, we barely wanted yeah, clothes on. You don't want clothes on. No, we're three <laughs> wild women. Like, Dad was like, shit, like, try getting, like, a top on us. Um, I remember Dad just going, please just wear a top to dinner, girls. Um, you know, when we got boobs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Bless I love him. it. Um, but, yeah, I remember when that ball dropped and going, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't had, – I had no idea – that it wasn't that common but I'm actually so glad that I was raised in that kind of environment mm. because I do now obviously being a plus-size model yeah. my body is the last thing interesting about me so when yeah. they're like you know when I'm posing and stuff I'm not thinking about like oh and obviously I'm learning fat phobia too like oh I don't want to look like a certain way no it's like I'm so comfortable in my body that yeah. it's just like and it's I, just an extension of me I um I watched um an interview that you did on mm. tv I think it was the Jeremy Vine interview that you did and we'll jump into how you became a here in the UK and Mm -hmm. you became a model and you know and you're doing this incredible you know just I say incredible work it's not work you're being your authentic self Mm. on the internet which hopefully makes an impact. It absolutely fucking <laughs> to, does. Let's to, just stop you right there. It so, absolutely so does. So people think out of the box. Yes. Just like my parents taught me how to think out of the box. Yeah, well, yeah. you're definitely continuing that. But, um, <laughs> but you said that you actively unlearnt, like diet mm. culture, you mm-hmm. actively unlearnt fat phobia. Yeah. And... I mean, I know that there will be people listening who are like, yeah, that, that I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to fucking learn how to do that. What do you do? Like genuinely, mm-hmm. like, because I want to fucking do it too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There mm-hmm. are still days, like I go back to the dancing, you know, you're focused on your body so much. That still creeps in with me now. Drilled into your mind. Of course it is. But what are the steps? How do you go about mm-hmm. un unlearning shit about your body? So because I grew up with like obviously different thinking parents, I was never sucked into like media or and also Australia's extremely fat phobia. My parents didn't have magazines and stuff flying about. Like, yeah. so I had that and obviously grew up. I think confidence is a skill set person. Like, yeah, I grew up confident kid, but I also think you can be re- learned to be confident. Like mm-hmm. you get that natural thing. So I'll say, start with that first. But when I found out other people didn't grow up in nudist households, that's when my mom kicked in and was like, well, you're clearly comfortable. And I, she knew I was obviously plus size and everyone around me wasn't in this town um she got me that fake idea to to do life drawing as i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. so i'd go to the pub and i would draw these nude and they were often curvy plus size women and i loved it and i was like they're beautiful they're beautiful but only until i was 17 okay my hormones had just kicked in i think i've like just about to get my period if if not just got my period like late 17 and i wanted a boyfriend and i looked around everyone in front of me my parents had been in a long-term relationship my siblings had both sisters had both been in long-term relationships my girlfriends at school had all been in long-term relationships and they all were thin right. and so all of a sudden I want to be thin and so then I'm you know and then I fell into body dysmorphia 
and I'll, this will all make sense in a second. But for me to get out of that dark place, to uh, to critiquing myself, co- like constantly being aware, which I never was as a child, I had to romanticize myself, my body in my life. So instead of going to these life drawing classes, I would photograph myself nude. And at this point, I'm thin. Like I don't look well. I don't look like myself at all. And I'm thin. So I would take nude pictures of me. I'd print them out. And then I'd get a texture and exaggerate my form. And I'd make my hips bigger, my belly bigger. And then I would paint myself off that template. So I was documenting myself and romanticizing my body in a bigger shape. So when I put on weight, I could fucking rock it. And then I had, you know, fat icons that I looked into. I actually learned about feminism. My sister is a hardcore feminist and she would educate me about this like you know why why do people want to be thin you know it's part of the patriarchy it's misogyny um you know so i'm learning these things it was many elements it didn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. but there was things like this okay well let's romanticize my life let's romanticize me and my body i am not like anyone else you are not like anyone else. Okay, let's be that representation. And the irony is now I'm a plus-size model, which I never thought would ever happen. But it's like, I am that representation. For me, modelling is activism. Yes. If, if someone who looks remotely like me goes, well, she can do it, I can do it. But for me, I didn't have that in Australia because it's so fatphobic. Yeah. So I had to make, I had to romanticise myself. Mm-hmm. And so thank golly I did. So that's when I created this art. So I started doing more nude photography and I'd photograph my nude constantly. And... um. And, you know, and paint myself. And, yeah, I, I had that. to create my own. I am painting own, myself yeah. but l- this weekend. <laughs> research fat phobia. Where is it from? White thin men. Sorry, I got no time for them. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. The body positive movement start, started by black women. Like, actually learn the history of it. And you'll start to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've, like, conditioned myself. It's not your fault. Yeah, it's You've conditioned not. yourself. You're born into a society like this. But you can unlearn it. Yeah. And as I said, it won't happen overnight. No. Follow brilliant, fabulous, confident people that in your in their bodies online, right? Yeah. You social media can be a shit show. I know people talk about it all the time. But you can actually dictate your feed. Yes. Follow people that make you feel alive. Follow people that look like you. Follow people who don't look like you. Follow people who follow different religions, different ideologies, you know make you think yes right yeah. and then it's so if you're constantly on instagram and seeing an la bikini model that's size 12 you're only gonna want to be an la bikini model that size 12 yeah. if you've got diversity on your feet because we're all stuck on our phones i'm guilty of it mm-hmm. you won't feel that comparison you won't feel that dread yes so you walk in the street there are everyone's different sizes everyone's rocking it but you get that tunnel vision when you're on socials. It is hard. It's so hard. Like with that influx of like just consumption mm-hmm. of images and videos all yeah. day long. But I love that. I am so for the, you know, you are responsible for what you're looking at yeah. on your phone. Yeah. You've got call to take responsibility, out. haven't you, at the end call, of the day. And it's yeah. that's like tough love in a way, mm. but it's also for your own fucking sake, babes. Stop looking at those pictures of these people yeah. that you are just making you feel shit about yourself. You're not going to grow mm-hmm. unless you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Like literally just, you got to call yourself out. And I think what's, um, why I really wanted to have you as a guest is because I feel like what you're doing and sort of what I do in the LGBTQ plus space mm-hmm. sort of are similar in Very. such a lot of ways mm-hmm. because you, I, I know, and, it's, and you spoke about this on that Jeremy Vine interview as well, um, are, we're saying about how the word fat is mm. not 
a bad word and we're taught it's a bad word we're taught it's a bad word and f- similarly for me mm-hmm. i'm here reclaiming the word lesbian yeah because both of those words have been they've uh, they've been stolen from us i think they've you been know. stained they are same with the c word i don't know if i'm allowed to say it on this podcast but have see you, you next tuesday word see you next tuesday okay yeah if you ever look at the history of that it's actually white men have taken it's the proper word for a vulva and a vagina is it yeah but you come here and everyone says, you can't say the C word. I'm like, I'm a feminist. I'm reclaiming my body. You wouldn't know that though. Exactly. Same, same word with lesbian. Didn't know that. Fat, no. Because be, you know, white men in like back in the day used it to against women because there were prostitutes that liked, enjoyed sex. Right. But we're sex posy now. We can say the C-U-N-T word. I would say it here, but I'm not sure I'm allowed to. I know. But you know I, I mean? don't even know if there's anything that would stop us saying that. Yeah. But. In Australia, people say it like willy-nilly, but they're saying it for different we- reasons. They're saying it as like a friendly gesture. Here, if you still say it, it turns heads. Yeah. Well, but I'm like, we are we it? feminists? Are we sex posy? Like I'll say it willy-nilly. Sure. I say it to reclaim my body. But yeah, that's another great example, I think. Yeah. of reclaiming the word fat unless you know about it and learn the history about it actually misogyny ruined that word for us it's actually part of our body yes exactly <laughs> and this oh, and, 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 yeah. and, and i just thought you know what yeah our paths are on similar oh, yeah. strokes with that this um, is just the beginning we're gonna intertwine yeah baby yeah baby <laughs> well we have come to the point in the mm. podcast where i um intro in introduce uh, to my followers or to people on Instagram or TikTok, whoever sees the podcast, mm-hmm. um, to let them know that they can send in any issues or problems yeah. or wonderments or questions. And me and my guest of the week can kind of delve into the issue and see if we can, I don't know, bring a glimmer of hope or shed some light or yeah. offer any potential advice. And I feel like, girl, you've lived about nine <laughs> lives. You're like a cat. It. You're like a full on cat living nine lives in one. Um, so I feel like, you know, hopefully we will be able to strike in exactly. what, what have we got what are we working with well this is interesting one okay now i'm gonna call her sophie mm-hmm. okay sophie is a christian mm-hmm. goes to church um and has never been romantic she's mm-hmm. always been very sort of um dedicated to her religion her faith yep. and doesn't have any clue how to be sort of like a romantic person basically doesn't know how to flirt or mm-hmm. you know really you're an assist <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Um, But how to kind of get into her vibe. Mm -hmm. And she's met a boy. She's Uh met a boy at church and she's getting the impression from her limited sort of understanding of, you know, um, relationships and Mm -hmm. intertwining. um, She's getting the impression he has a crush on her. He's always looking at her, which giveaway. Um, Stop it comes off very shy but they have finally started to make sort of small conversation she's given him a ride home in her car (gasps) they've talked about pets because that's their vibe Mm -hmm. um and she wants to know basically how to pursue the situation Mm -hmm. what does she do to kind of come out of her shell to i guess for the first time start flirting oh my god fun i love this right honestly first thing i'll say this part of your life and this part of the start of the relationship is epic. I know you feel anxious. I know you got the jitters and all these things, but no, when you get like four years into a relationship, you're like, I kind of miss that. Like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Beginning, like the honeymoon stage, all that, like, it's fun. Right. Um, so don't rush it. Um, another thing I would say, I'm not sure your views on if you want to be having sex before marriage, ETC, but when I found confidence in myself is when I started masturbating. 
I learnt about myself a lot. I learnt obviously how to pleasure myself. Yes. Um, but in terms of just like in the street, knowing who I am, I think it's like your vagina is like your second brain. Yes. So finding that independence, you'll feel good about yourself. And, and if you want to have sexual intercourse at some point, you know, it will be extremely handy So because you, you can tell your partner what you like. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. But for me, that's a pivot point of finding confidence in who I am. In terms of flirting, I actually like, if you ever ask my partner, like I'm so forward <laughs> that <laughs> really? I don't give it much like imagination. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you want to go on a date? Hey, you want to shag? But I don't, I don't advise that to you because – I think that's pretty jumping, you know, gallons. There. Maybe it's like a gently, yeah. gently kind I of I would thing. say, if in doubt, if you get nervous, ask people about themselves because people love to talk about themselves. They do, yes. Why it's, do you think we're here? Yeah. No, um, you're so right. It's so good. And ask an open topic. question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're an interviewer. I luckily was trained to be an interviewer as a director, but like it's if you're actually curious about someone, it's easy. If you're yeah. if you, especially if you like them, it's so I'm getting really quiet all of a sudden. I so, love, yeah, this saying. is the part of the podcast where we do a bit of this, yeah, a bit of ASMR, a little bit of wispy. But yeah, ask them about them. What do they like to do on the weekend? Oh, I like to go to the park and read. <gasps> Can I come to the park and read with you? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And or how the eye contact. How long do you look at them for? Mm-hmm. Wait, that extra second, it says a lot. Yeah, You know baby. what I mean? Like, yeah, small little things like, mm-hmm. you know, a little brush of brush of an arm. Mm-hmm. A little, I think, and also body language yeah. can t- say so much, you oh, know. 100%. If you're sort of sitting with someone, always sort of like, you know, turn your body towards them. Yeah. Don't have your arms crossed, you know, mm-hmm. kind of be open about it. And I think, I think, especially for someone who's maybe never just gone and and just dived in and just mm-hmm. really gone whole hog and done the whole flirty the everything changes That's, yeah it's like I think just gently gently with it maybe mm. start with one thing maybe start with just a flirty sentence don't worry too much about body language or mm-hmm. do the flirty eyes and don't yeah. worry about what you're saying if the words for me the words of flirtiness like I've been like I remember back in the day, I'm like, I can't flirt. I don't know how to do it because I just like vomit mouth words all the time. So like, how do I do that? The thinking about what what to say panicked me. So Mm -hmm. then I would just say gibberish. So if that's freaking out too, darling, do it with the eyes. Yeah. Look at their mouth. Oh, good shout. Look at the mouth. You know what I mean? Just like generally touch them and, you know, with consent, not not, not to grab their (laughs) ass. But you know what I mean? If you're sitting next to the church, the brilliant thing about this, you're not solid best friends going into a relationship. There's not levels and boundaries you're crossing. Yeah. You're getting to know each other. This is fun. Ask them out to go go to the library with you. Go 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 to the cafe. Go to get a coffee after church. Yeah. You know, Sunday midday lunch. Get a roast if you're in the UK. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Just like <laughs> think about it. Three seconds of what you may deem like outrageous courage is actually just going to pay off. What's the worst thing they say? That's it. I'm busy. Great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Move on. Like rejection is a part of life. Rejection is redirection. But also maybe they are just like you're going to be just fine. You're over. I always think your anxiety is so much bigger in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, just, just lean into it. it. I love the um, I love the get, com- get, get comfortable and confident with you first. Mm, and then it will flow. Mm-hmm. I think it always starts with you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Really, anything like that. Wear something really comfortable to church. Like look, feel always, I always find what I'm wearing, like really represents who you are and your identity and all that stuff. And it, and it eventually just helps with your confidence. Yeah. Oh, Sophie. Yeah. I'm excited for you, Sophie. So, Good luck, doll. You need to let us know how you yeah, get on, darling. Definitely, full. yeah, drop us the DM. Let us know what goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what, should we stay on topic of love then? Oh, I go mean, on. you're here in the UK. Yep. You you came over. COVID hit. Um, you know, you got scouted mm. here in the UK, yeah. and you found love. I mean, I like I say, there's there's a whole <laughs> series, there's a whole Netflix series about your life yeah. ready and waiting to be made. Manager, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get on it ASAP. <laughs> but um, tell me, tell me a little bit about sort of um, moving fall, over here, yeah, moving over here, yeah. and, and falling in love. So I moved over here three weeks before COVID, um, and yeah, obviously the world hadn't shut down yet. Moved over here as a comedian and a director of documentary three weeks later and I gave myself a bit of time before like getting into work and the whole world shut down Mm -hmm. and I was living with my sister in like a one better she went back to Australia so then I was living alone and I had so much time to create content so I was making funny content online and from that I got scouted um and you think about me I grew up in fat sorry fat (laughs) eating the microphone microphone I grew up in fat phobic Australia so why on earth I was 120 kilos when I moved here why on earth would I have ever thought modelling, like I thought it was a sick joke. So my uh, mother agent, the woman who scouted me, she's still my mother agent. She DM'd me and I said, you're joking. Like I literally thought, I said, who set you up? Like I had no idea. She was like, no, I think you'd be really brilliant. And I still to this day, like I didn't ever knew the impact it would have. Like this DM from a stranger who didn't have many followers. I was like, who is this? Um, and funnily enough, my now manager, my social media manager who's here today worked with her. So she's basically, Jen, who scouted me, is highly connected. How would I have known that? I had no idea. No. And I said, all right, cool, I'll sign with you. Didn't know what that means. So that's not signing to an agency. And then the next week I went to a few agencies and yeah, I got a heap of offers. And I was like, what? Crazy. And I remember being so nervous. I started like twerking on the table in these eight. No, I kid you not. I, I, I believe I, you. No, no. Because I was like, when you, like for me, I'd never showed up to work and my appearance matter. Yeah. And all of a sudden it mattered. And I overthought it. I was like, this is weird. Um, and I, I knew I was funny. Like that was my thing. Not that funny anymore, but like that was you my are thing. Funny. Back then. You're funny. <laughs> no, but that was like that was my confidence thing. Like I had that armor. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm funny. Who cares? Like nothing can hurt me because I'll laugh about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I got in these agencies and you know, oh, I remember this Mancunian. I think you say here Mancunian. Mancunian. Yeah. Man. My partner is Mancunian. Mancunian from Manchester. Yeah. yeah. Person was next to me and he had that chiseled jawline. Like this is at my current agency. And he looked like the Moodle. I call it Moodling by the way, because okay. models sounded way too superficial for me at the beginning. I was like <laughs> Moodle. And he had that look and he met my agent before going in at my current agency. I am. And he didn't get signed. And I was like, shit. Like if you with that jawline not getting like, I have no idea. So then I got into this room and I was like, shit, like be myself, be myself. And yeah, nerves isn't a thing that happens to me a lot. But when it does, yikes, run. Because I start literally just going myself beyond. Started twerking and they handed me a contract. Amazing. And then, yeah. So then modeling, again, didn't change my, didn't think it would change my life. I did one job for Superdrug. Didn't know what Superdrug was. Um, and that did well. And then my second job ever was PLT. Pretty little thing. Never heard of PLT. Pretty little thing. Stop. And I got flown to Italy for it. And I'm working with models that have like got 10 years industry on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the second job. And I, I didn't know who Molly May was. Like it was just like, I felt so fish out of water. Yeah. And then when that job finished, it went it went everywhere. It was on all the tubes. So then I'm walking around London, I'm like, there's me, mummy. You know, it was on billboards and that campaign did very well for PLT. And then all of a sudden I'm in the industry. And like, yeah, so modelling something I never expected to happen it from a little like day. But from it was incredible. Life, mm-hmm. From the course of your life, it kind of sounds it, like to me, 
drop in you just yeah. jump in it made sense. and you swim whatever mm. it is the filmmaking the mm. documentaries the photography you went to uni you come to england you're a model like are you adhd high <laughs> iq or what what is happening no i think for me i've always been a bit ballsy and just been like all right let's let's have a crack but i had no idea what modeling would do for me but now in reflection it made sense i i think i was good in front of camera because i understood what being behind camera was and I, like when I would go to set, I still hang out with the gaffers and the grippers, like the people in the back, because I get it. I'm asking about the cameras. I can, I'm can. i modelling in front of the camera. I know this is a 50 mil. I know this is an 18 mil. I know if it's a wad. It, like I I can read the cameras. Yeah. It and they're does ling- make perfect no, sense. I can take direction because I give direct, like, you know. Yes. And my mum's like, do you want to go back into filmmaking? I'm like, I film every day of my life. Like that is my social media. Yeah. Like you are filmmaking every day, really. Yeah. If like you think about I'm it. curating. Yeah. You know, content. Like so. Yeah. It's. I actually think it all makes sense now that I'm here. I'm an influencer, you know, content creator, and a model. Yeah. Actually, all makes sense. I've always been extremely vo- vocal about body activism, body mm-hmm. neutrality. Um. You know, and now modeling, as I said earlier, is activism to me. Yeah. Me existing in this space. This is actually what I prepped my life for in all these like crazy journeys I've been on. I think I've landed because I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And it all helps each other. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you believe in like the sliding doors, like theory of like one small decision Mm -hmm. could change the entire course of your life? Literally. What do you think would be the pinnacle point for you if you'd made one different decision and you might have ended up somewhere else? Can you think of maybe? If I didn't move to London, I only had three weeks notice. Right. Moving to London, yeah. So I was waiting on my visa to get approved. And if I had it, I flew on Valentine's Day. And like for me, I had been single for years. Like love was not something on my radar at all. I just didn't give a bar. Also being fat in Australia, the girlies, the fat girlies know, will know. Um, yeah. It's men repellent. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just wild world out there. So yeah, moving to the UK like definitely was so pivotal for me. Yeah. Um, and being saying yes to things for sure. That's when I met my partner. Um, we met on Hinge. I slid into he's in the health industry, and obviously I'm like, oh, you know, I I, I support mental health, wellness, all these things. And I slid into his DMs. So I'm like, hey, do you want to shag? <laughs> no, we'd met on. No, no, hold on. There's a bit more to the story. I we was met. Say, no, we met. Girl, no, but it was quite outrageous for me. Mm. Like, it was something I. Like, that's not something I'd done. I hadn't shagged in a year, hadn't dated in many years. I didn't want a relationship. Um, we met on Hinge, like, I think, I don't know, don't quote me on the date. So I think March. And then we're in lockdown, severe lockdown. I live, live in London by myself at this point. Mm-hmm. And months in and. There's other things he had a charity and I donated it to. Like we were in contact. We were like, you know, but not, we'd never met. You know, the whole world shut down. You can't see people. Of course, it's yeah. vaccines were out and stuff. So then I was like, oh, you know, I remember I was like, sent this like risque text. And then I panicked. I started like mopping my floors. Like, why did I send that? Like, it was just, it was, as I said to Sophie earlier, that one second of courage really changed the trajectory of my love life for the next three years. Anyway, it came around. I opened the front door and I didn't believe in love at first sight, but I got like full shivers down my body. Like it was pretty wow. wild. And he even hadn't even opened his mouth, God bless him. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was so romantic. And I remember feeling like, wow, I feel like I've known you 10 years. Like this is quite wild. And in my head thought that. And then he said it out loud. I was like, that's weird. That is weird. Um, and then, yeah, eventually ended up being together. But we both didn't want relationships at the time. And yeah. It's interesting. So he's in the health and wellness industry. Yeah, he's a physio. And you are, you know, this fat positive Mm -hmm. role model. Mm -hmm. 
how how impactful has being in a relationship with him yeah. been on what you do? Has it in any way? Does it affect what you do? In terms of me um, having knee surgery two months ago, definitely. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I had royal treatment from him. Oh, um, and you're but, well now? Yeah, yeah, no, we're good now. We're, we're walking. I was a little bit a little bit edgy on the stairs, I must say. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of many things, I think we, we've had open discussions about obesity um, and, and talking about it in terms of a health scale here and stuff like that. But yeah, we're we're pretty open with it. Like he's extremely supportive of what I do yeah. and just like come as you are, babes. Like, I mean, how do you find mm. a man who is like so progressive? Yeah. I mean, I say well, so he, progressive because that sounds like it's like, yeah. it's, oh, wow. Oh, wow. This magical man who's so progressive. But actually he's just a, a bloke. As he should be. As exactly. we all should be. Like, yeah. sorry, can we raise the bar? Yes, um, exactly. But yeah, no, very open-minded. Um was like quite heavily um, raised by like his grandmother and his mother. Amazing. Um, beautiful black women. So yeah, I think had to, had learnt a lot and seen a lot and yeah, he's very cool. Very That's cool. cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And so obviously, like you say, you're filming every day. You're showing up yeah. on socials pretty How much every do? day. Um, what do you ever, do you ever sort of wake up and think, because you've done so many things, mm. right? You've lived so many different experiences. Is there an Imogen that publicly we don't know? no <laughs> sorry I just looked at my manager going no I think what you see is what you get I think you can't have like you know I can't have a different character I guess you could say otherwise you don't show up every day like yeah. I would hide things you know what I mean there's definitely some things like I keep private I think well I kept um my partner Kochi offline for the first year mm-hmm. um which I'm so glad I did because it was like new to me and I'd never been in a love like that and stuff like that but like no I think what makes my job not hard in terms of showing up on social media is because I am so honest with my audience like there is no barrier I can I can fart in front of them I can talk about my pussy I can talk about if I'm having a shit day like there's not one niche I'm sticking to in one sort of like format no I'm real this is me on a platter I don't care if you don't like it I don't care if you love it like it's it's me um and I can't change other people's opinions and for me it's like I'm not it sounds awful but I'm not considering other people's opinions no but in it a way, it doesn't sound awful, and I and that's I think a bit, I tell people they British, should, they have to be actually. selfish. You've got a bit British because that's sort of like quite polite, putting other people's feelings <laughs> first. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, but I mm. don't care about what you what yeah. you think of me. Yeah. You don't care, and that's great, and I love that statement. And I think, uh, you, as you've seen, you see me dancing in the street. Mm-hmm. So I started this series in lockdown because we could walk for an hour during COVID, bless. <laughs> Throwback. Oh, right um, and I would go on these walks and start dancing, right? And you know, there's public behind me. And the most question, asked question I got was like, how can you dance in front of people you don't know? Like in the strangers and in the park. Um, and I was like, what they're not understanding is I'm not even considering what people are thinking about me. I'm not considering what you're thinking about me. And that's just like self-preservation. I think people should be more selfish. And it's not meaning I'm rude. If I think I'm upsetting you or, or making a negative impact to your life, I will feel it. Like I'm not Sucker. Yeah. Um, but like for me, dancing in the street, that brings me so much joy. And I know it's not harming the people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm dressed I'm well, to some extent um, <laughs> most of the time. But you know what I mean? And I, that was like a real realisation of like people are constantly um, figuring out, like trying to, sorry, constantly keeping aware of what other people think of them. And I think my journey I've been on, I've just had to unlearn that. And I just, yeah, between growing up with my parents and then, being being ballsy and jumping putting myself in situations if I heard other people's opinions I wouldn't have done half the shit I've done no so I think it's just an accumulation now at this point I've arrived I'm like 
oh, that's that was you. Like, I don't think like that. And that's what I also like to encourage people to, to because for me, I feel free. Yeah. In that oh, sense. That's so hot, <laughs> isn't it? Mm. I Feeling feel, free. Yeah, I feel yeah. free. Yeah. And so what do you think is, mm-hmm. is happening next? Are there goals? Are there plans? Because it seems like your life has been quite serendipitous. Mm-hmm. Serendipitous. Pritus, I think that's the word. We'll say. But you know, you've you've been in the right, not right place, right time, but things have sort of happened and you've just yeah. followed the way yeah. that the, the things that have kind of dropped in front of you and Being you agile. go with it. Exactly. Is there a plan? Is there a dream? Is there, there are some plans, there are some dreams. Um, definitely keep doing what I'm doing, but also putting my limbs, my hands in different pots, yeah. like becoming an author, doing a TED talk. Like there's, I won't say all the things, but there's definitely big things in the line for me, especially children books about consent and vulva diversity and body normalization starting it young um because as i said with the when i was doing nude photography the most common question from vulva owners was just do i look normal and like growing up with siblings who have vulvas and my mother and knowing everyone looks different that was like the biggest hit for me like oh my gosh people and labia plus is the highest growing cosmetic surgery in the world and like wanting to create change i've done vulva diversity work i'm in a book about it i've been casted um with comfortable my skin is a, is a company that does it and lydia reeves and brighton here in the uk like i've been a part of these exhibitions with them and anyway i just want to further on that kind of work but yeah there's lots of things oh girl we got dreams yeah um big ones and you know even podcasting and stuff like that yeah. but yeah i was talking to my previous guest about um whether we should sort of set goals for ourselves mm-hmm. or not to sort of like burden Ooh. ourselves almost mm-hmm. with with dreams yeah. you know and he was saying um you know, I don't want to kind of set a goal mm. to feel disappointed if it doesn't come true. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, have the fucking goal. Because yeah. the worst that's going to happen is that it doesn't happen. Yeah. And wouldn't you rather have I dreamed totally and believed yeah. and had those moments of, you know just imagining it rather than thinking, fuck, why didn't I sort of think of anything For to do? me, being quite entrepreneurial and being like the owner of my own business, as you probably are as well as like, and being your kind of like own boss, you need that drive. You yeah. need that, or direction is a better word, I guess you could say, bemendatum. For me personally, I love it. And you know, life is long. If I'd get a book at 60, I get a book at 60, it's ticked off still. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. in no rush. I think, especially London hustle culture is like, no, no, no. It's like, girl, I got time. Yeah. I've got time and I'm so okay with that. And I've got goals and I will tick them off at 90. Watch me. Like, yeah, I believe you it. Know. <laughs> There's six more films in you yeah, yet, yeah. if I know that much. Um, well, listen, we've got to uh, the part of the podcast now where we're going to have a word. Mm-hmm. We're doing a word association. Okay, Ooh. quick fire. I feel like this is the point where, you know, we've chatted, we've mm-hmm. said all the words. We're best friends now. We're best friends. Um, but this is, I think, where we're really going to maybe see where each other's minds go mm-hmm. on a quick fire round. So, um, I mean, if you don't know what word association is, I'm going to, it does what it's says on the tin i'll say a word then you have to quickly say a word that is somehow connected to the words that i've said and, oh, then, no. we'll, and, then, we'll, and then we'll back and forth it until i might say like okay yeah. intrusive thoughts are loud right now i can feel it <laughs> i hope so i hope so let them roll baby so they don't there's no rules if i say something like that isn't actually connected like i just panic well listen you do you okay. and let's see let's see what comes is it like a three second countdown or is it like i just, mean let's we're shall spitballing. we shall we Spitballing. Spitballing, spitballing. And I thought, you know, as this word is, we are glorifying this word and Mm -hmm. championing this word, we're going to start with fat. Love. Body. Yes. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> um, selfish. Self-love. Selfless. Motivating. Happy. Dancing. Shake your ass. Oh, sorry, that's not one word. <laughs> <laughs> Shake your ass. Watch yourself. Twerk. Oh, yeah. Um, Imogen. Helen. Podcast. <laughs> Hurrah. <laughs> All right. Not bad. Yeah, they connected. Yeah, that, made, that felt like I was doing crossword in my mind or Sudoku. I don't know if that makes sense. Sudoku. But, uh, no, yeah, literally, mass, mass in my mind. Um, no, crossword's more fitting. Yeah, that was fun. I'm going to do that on a little, you know, date nights. Yeah, little, little date <laughs> Babe, we're doing a question. <laughs> Penis. Oh, yeah. You could yeah. really go there. Yeah, you could really you go could there. You could really go small there. small talk one, actually. Soph, do that on your date. <laughs> yeah, Sophie, that's one for you, babes. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Is there any lasting words from a woman with so much to say and mm -hmm. so much to, you know, give? Is there any lasting thought that you'd like people to go away with today? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I would say happiness is the new heart and you might have to lose people when you find your happiness. You might have to, your environment is so crucial to how you grow. You can't grow in a patch of weeds. Um, so yeah, you might have to eliminate people in your life but and surround yourself with just people that make you feel fucking delicious and authentic and you will grow. So yeah, happiness is the new heart. Chase it. It's not always easy to get there, but when you're there, it'll be all worth it, I promise. Yeah, baby. I love it. So where can we find you online? At Imogen F. King Ivy. It's Imogen fucking Ivy, but um, <laughs> I'm going to be appropriate. So I am... Oh, well, could I spell my name? I-M-O-G-E-N-F-K-I-N-G-I-V-Y on TikTok, on Insta. You know the drill. Across the board. Um, or just type an image and Ivy. I might pop up because I'm verified now. Yeah, bitch. I saw I, this yesterday. Oh, I'm my God. important. That was a high five for anyone I know. listening. I'm really important, guys. So you have to follow me right now. <laughs> yeah. Imogen fucking Ivy. Yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much to, for listening to the I've Never Said This Out Loud podcast with me, Helen Scott. Come and say hi on socials. Always slide into the DMs. I always want to have a chinwag. You can find me at Helen Scott UK everywhere. Loves Make it. sure you like, subscribe, review the podcast for a sprinkle of good karma coming your way. And don't forget, if you need someone to believe in you, I do.